Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Coming out to the free show. <laughs> Did you have a good Halloween? It, uh, ooh, no, I guess a tough, tough Halloween. <laughs> T- no, tough to ho- stage Halloween this year in Los Angeles because uh, who needs a smoke machine when, you know, the, the house is on fire. <laughs> we've we've got a bad situation out here. Seventy mile an hour winds and every porch has a pumpkin with a candle in it. What could go wrong? <laughs> Uh, no, I, yesterday I was here on the lot. You could smell smoke, and for once it wasn't me. <laughs> it's, it's sad, but, you know, we're just, in California, having to get used to this, right? I mean, I, I heard somebody today at the coffee shop say, I love your go bag. <laughs> Where'd you get? Thank you. Well, they're evacuated. Pacific Palisades, one of the wealthiest communities in America. They evacuated them to the public schools out there. <laughs> I know that. Oh, you're way ahead of me. Exactly. <laughs> they went, there's a public school? <laughs> Lori Laughlin today paid her kids to get into a better shelter. That's how bad it's But let's not just dwell on us. There's <laughs> a big country out there, and it was a big week. Congress finally did it. They voted to formalize impeachment hearings. Uh, well, it, it got zero Republican votes. Zero Republicans think Trump has done anything that's even worth checking out. Yeah, yeah no, their view is they're outraged. Their Democrats are trying to overturn the election and thwart the will of the Russians. <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing that they turn it around. Like, the Democrats, they're using Soviet-style tactics. They're, they're staging a coup. And yet the rules are nearly identical to the ones that they had in 1998 when they impeached Bill Clinton. The, the, this resolution lays out clear rules for public hearings, requires a public report on all findings, authorizes the sharing of all evidence. Trump's lawyers are allowed to be involved. If, if it's a coup, it is the most magnanimous coup I've ever seen in my life. And... <laughs> the hearings, Nancy Pelosi says, they hope to start right before Thanksgiving. Great idea. Get our Trump-loving relatives at peak panic mode right before we hand them the giant carving knife. That's... I mean, no, the, the Trump people, their, their view is that everyone else is corrupt and human scum. Donald Trump, he's the clean one. 
Everything about him reads clean, doesn't it? He's, he's not going anywhere. But a Democrat resigned this week, Katie Hill, from right, right next county up yet, yeah, right? I don't know what you're... <laughs> I can't decide. We're going to talk about it, but uh, there were pretty graphic pictures of her kissing women and smoking a bong nude. To which... To, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. She was a representative of California. That's pretty representative. <laughs> now, uh, President Trump ventured out of his bubble... Uh, this week, and did not like it. He got booed at Game 5 of the World Series. And, uh... As soon as he heard the booing and the chanting, he left early, he ran back to his Fox News and his rallies of certified fans and his folder of positive news clippings. <laughs> and then Tucker Carlson came on TV and did an hour about, can you, belay- can you believe these college kids with their safe spaces? <laughs> I was so close to not fucking that one up. Uh, you know, just, if you only knew how delicate this job is. But, but uh, now Trump has said that he has had it with the East Coast elitists. He is changing his official residency now to Florida. Did you see that? Wow, newsflash, elderly New Yorker moves to Florida. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I am all for it. I think the headlines would just make a lot more sense if you replaced President Trump with Florida man. <laughs> right? Florida man starts pointless trade war. Florida man caught fucking porn star at golf tournament. Florida man trying to deny charges and then gives a full public confession. I mean, it's just... <laughs> but something happened just a couple hours before we went on. I want to update you. have been busy all day. Beto O'Rourke has dropped out of the race. He says he wants to spend more time getting into a thruple with Katie Hill. Okay, we got a great show. We got Dennis Prager, Christina Bellantoni, and Richard Stengel. And here a little, I'll be speaking with Ronan Farrow is back soon. But first up, he is a... He is a noted author and pediatrician who gives vaccines to children, to adults, and to himself, but who has been called an anti-vaxxer. Here to explain how that could be possible, Dr. Jay Gordon. Dr. Gordon. <laughs> Hello, sir. Yes, pleasure to meet you. And uh, I thank you for coming on. It's uh, courageous these days just to speak at all about the subject of vaccines. They do take shots at you, yes. They take shots at you, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. I mean, it's one of those things in our culture where there is the one true opinion, but yes. we don't play that game here. So uh, I know you've had the experience of being on other shows, and when you get off the air, this happens here too, you get off the air and somebody goes, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you can't say that on TV. Has that happened with you? It, it ha- it, notably, it happened some years ago. I was on a show called The Doctors, which was enjoyable. And I was on with a colleague, a doc I'd known for a long time. And it was a show about a family with seven children, the first four of whom had autism. The next three didn't have autism. And the the video of their house was was not fun to watch. And she was pregnant with her eighth child. And there was a spirited discussion. 
And uh, Dr. Jim Sears, who is a pediatrician on the show, a member of the, the great Sears family of pediatricians, commented, he said, you know, if you were in my practice, I wouldn't vaccinate your eighth child. And everybody applauded. And after the show was over, I walked out to the parking lot with, with my friend, the other pediatrician, a good old friend. And he said to me, do you really believe that vaccines cause autism? I said, there's, there's an, an impact. I can't prove anything, so I talked quietly. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that there's no effect from vaccines on the incidence of autism? And he said to me, there might be a very small percentage of children who are adversely affected. And I said, that's all. That's all I'm trying but to say. But you can't say it on TV. They don't, you that's can't a, say it on a, that, TV. See, this no. is, this is, say, we're saying it on TV. We are. We're just saying, <laughs> yes, we're just, and you know, to, to call you this crazy person, I mean, really what you're just saying is slower, right? Yes. Maybe less numbers. And also take into account individuals. Right. People are different. Family history, stuff like that. I don't exactly. think this is crazy. I don't think it's crazy either. If you have seven children and four of them have autism, you've got to consider the environmental impact. I mean, look, impact. on the autism issue, they certainly have studied it a million yes. times, including out of this country. Yes. No, I don't trust this country so much because of paychecks. I mean, for writing checks mm -hmm. to people. But they've just... In other, they say it's a... And yet, there's all these parents who say, I had a normal child, got the vaccine. This story keeps coming over. It seems to me more realistic to me if we're just going to be realistic about it, like, it probably happens so rarely. But no one... You can't say it happens one in a million times because then somebody will think, well, it's... it's that I could be that millionth one. And you see, you scare people, so you can't say what might be the more realistic opinion. Regarding a lot of conditions and diseases, there's a, a genetic predisposition and an environmental trigger. The National Institute of Health yeah. used to have a, a poster that you could buy. It said, genetics loads the gun and environment pulls the trigger. And they were talking about diabetes, they were talking about arthritis and a lot of other conditions. Maybe that's true about autism. But again, I talk much more quietly because I have no proof. It may be is the whole... My whole point with this is yeah, maybe, maybe is that we just don't know so much. This whole situation, to me, is how you look at it as a patient. As a patient, I've caught doctors not knowing what they should know. Some doctors keep up with what's happening lately, and some stop at medical school. Some don't. Have you met doctors who are idiots? <laughs> uh, I've been accused of the same myself. Okay. Yeah, I've met doctors who I don't think were well enough informed, and as you said, they just stopped reading and they stopped thinking. Well, okay, exactly. We are at the beginning of understanding how the human body works. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, people say vaccines... Of course vaccines work, and we applaud them for all the great things they've yes. done. They're a great tool in the medical kit, maybe the greatest. But that's the beginning of the debate. I don't understand what they can't get about that. The be yes, they work. So do antibiotics work. Statins work. Chemotherapy works. I'm concerned with what happens down the road. Nothing is free. Nothing that I do right. is free. I feel like I should give you a, a little bit of a discussion before I recommend Tylenol because of the impact on the liver. Uh, right. Discussion about ibuprofen before, about the impact on the kidneys. And when someone gets antibiotics from me, I talk to them about, you know, there could be a yeast infection. You could get diarrhea and the rash. Sorry about I, the diarrhea and the rash. Right. But with vaccines, well, right. the, the discussion is, is closed. It, that's what I'm saying. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If I was going to Liberia tomorrow and there was an outbo Ebola outbreak, I'd get it 
<laughs> well, you get whatever you could get. Of course. Yes. You give it to yourself, yes. the flu shot. You say, we'll, we'll get to the flu. We'll get to measles. Don't worry. Um, but, but here's the thing. Uh, they've been wrong about so much. I object to when doctors, the people in the white coats, are like, don't ask any questions about this. When have we ever been wrong? When? Just with me. You drilled mercury into my teeth. Uh, you put me on Accutane, which is one of almost 100 medications that were said safe and effective that had been pulled off the market. Black box warnings. Black box. Black, spock, black box warnings. That's what they call it. And it's, it's read this before you prescribe or take this medication. You could die. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> well, luckily, <laughs> I have... That discussion is a tough discussion. I haven't died, but they did a lot. I mean, <laughs> I have had misdiagnosis, a bacterial uh, infection that was really a fungal infection. Mm -hmm. Lots of stuff. Th this whole idea, when were we ever wrong? All the time. You don't know... You don't, you, one week, you tell us... Here, here, this is Time Magazine from two years ago. Surprising news about salt. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, my life. I've been told this is the... A new study found healthy people who reported eating more sodium had no higher blood pressure than those who ate less. Trans fats. Mm -hmm. Remember 15 years ago? Get that in you. The can't believe it's not butter. Now they it's illegal. Well, that, it, that, that turned scandal, out to be the worst. That scandal, it, some years ago when they were trying to find the, the, the genesis of heart disease, there were two considerations, sugar and fat. Right. And they paid off Harvard Medical School professors, 50 grand, to lay the blame at the feet of fat. And right. for a long time, we were told, stay, now, a, a high-fat diet makes you fat. It's not the good The food for you. pyramid but it, was bullshit. Right. <laughs> Four servings of bread. Excuse me, I don't think any servings of bread are good. Now, people are like, what are you talking about, Bill? Wholesome wheat. Look it up. You know, <laughs> these people who, who are like, don't talk about vaccines because you don't know anything. You don't know anything. We're told that in medical school at eight. A, ha a third or a half of what you learned this year will probably right. be wrong five years from now. And not just a little, but 180 so, degrees all, wrong. All so. I'm saying is, as a, for me, I had my childhood vaccines. Okay, I got a flu shot once a long time ago. Uh, it gave me the flu right away. <laughs> Which is okay. It didn't okay. kill me, but okay. it's not what it's supposed to do. We That's Vac embarrassing, isn't it? I well, gave you I'm a just shot saying, you got vaccines, sick. Okay. like every medicine, right? have side effects. Yes. Okay, so let's not deny that or pretend it doesn't happen. Right. So we're just talking about which ones, how much, how do we manage this? This is not crazy talk. We don't do it the way that we should do it. Manu manufacturers don't put... We don't manufacture vaccines as well as we could. We have a schedule that's invariable for every single child one size. Doesn't really fit all. Right. The polio vaccine that I would get as a 180-pound man is the same thing that I give to a 12-pound baby. We could do it a lot better. I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring polio back. I don't want to bring measles no, back. Measles not. is a nasty illness. And we had news in the... It's interesting you heard today. Yes. Just today, they found out that measles has... Something called... Amnesia. It causes, it causes the immune system to forget a lot of the antibodies. So it's actually a, hard, a, a much more harmful disease than we thought. It, it... Great. New information. Right. We're accepting of new information. Everyone should be. It's, call, it's called learning. You it's learn. It's called you learning. learning. Right. So, okay, let me just read you this. This is from the New York Times a year and a half ago. Is this tissue a new organ? Maybe... 
a conduit for cancer? It seems likely. Let me just read a little bit from the article. Researchers have made new discoveries about the in-between spaces in the human body, and some say it's time to rewrite the anatomy books. The interstitium, they call it. Right. The, the, the a fluid-filled 3D latticework of collagen and elastin connective tissue that can be found all over the body. They say it's hard to describe. It's a highway of moving fluid, a previously unknown feature of human anatomy. So there's this whole new organ in oops, the body oops. we didn't know about a year and a half right. ago, but you're telling me don't ask questions about this. Right. This is just so ridiculous. And for people who are saying, well, Bill, what does that have to do with vaccines? If you can't figure that out, stop listening. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know shit. That's why when doctors, you get a diagnosis, the other doctor gives you another one. They say right away, get a second opinion. Well, okay, right away you're telling me it's an opinion, and the second one never matches the first. We're guessing. Third. We don't know a lot about how the body works. So how do vaccines fit in with... I don't know, all the new chemicals that have... There's thousands of new chemicals, pollutants, irritants. We didn't used to have all this corn syrup in our bodies, antibiotics. It could be any combination. So I'm a little cautious. Everybody who writes newspaper columns and people on... uh, Pundits on television ridicule the pharmaceutical industry, the the, the high cost of EpiPens, $500. The $311,000 medication for children for cystic fibrosis. The fact that we pay 10 times more for medications than in other countries. They make fun of the pharmaceutical industry. They don't trust the pharmaceutical industry, except for this one sacrament. And there, there, nobody is doing honest reporting about this. And it drives me crazy. Okay. Because well, there are there, there aren't two sides to it. It's not pro and anti. There are people in the middle, as you mentioned. I give vaccines. I get vaccines. Right. But I'd like to slow down a little bit, and I'd like to well, talk. I mean, here. Yeah. Well, we're doing it. Oh, okay. Thank and you. Thank you for doing <laughs> it. Um, the flu vaccine. I would never get one. Here's the, uh, now. In last year, it was forty-seven percent effective. That was a good year. That was a good year. In twenty fourteen, it was nineteen percent effective. That was not a good year. <laughs> 04, it was 10% effective. 05, it was 21% effective. But they don't say, oh, well, it's not very effective, don't take it. That doesn't make people a little skeptical? It should make them very skeptical. Thank you. And there are experts who, who have studied this who said, look, we have to stop telling people that we have a great flu shot because it keeps venture capital out of the arena. We could eventually have a great flu shot. And one of the more interesting scandals involved the flu mist, the, the nasal flu vaccine. And... We promoted that vaccine heavily because there's no needle. It was found that for two years, that shot had zero effectiveness, zero efficacy. They pulled it off the market last year, and they put it back on the market this year, kind of we'll see. So there were doctors wandering around the newborn intensive care unit who thought that they had immunity to influenza, and they had nothing. We just don't... It's arrogant. It is arrogant. I read recently, they don't know how anesthesia works. They know that it works. They don't know why. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, but I should just I, shut up about all the... It's just, I, anesthesia in childhood is a, is a, a very controversial topic because it, it's not good for you to right. be knocked out. So I've done reading to find out why does general anesthesia work. We don't know. They we speculate. Don't. They say perhaps it destroys fat in the right. brain cells. We don't know. Right. That's strange. You know, when someone comes to me and they say, you know, I went to the doctor the other day, I have cancer, and they know exactly what caused it, and they know exactly how to cure it, then I'll say, okay, 
I'll shut up about asking questions about anything else medical. Until then, I'm not going to shut up, and you should neither. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank you. All right, let's meet our panel. Okay. Here they are. He is the former Undersecretary of State and author of Information Wars, How We Lost the Global Battle Against Disinformation and What We Can Do About It. Richard Stengel. Great to see you, Rich. Hi. She's a former L.A. Times assistant managing editor and is now a journalism professor at USC Annenberg, Christina Bellantoni. Great to have you back. And he is the host of the Dennis Prager Radio Show, who stars in the new documentary, No Safe Spaces, Dennis Prager. Dennis? All right, don't forget to send us your questions for tonight's overtime, so we're going to answer them after the show on YouTube. Okay, so we have crossed the Rubicon on impeachment, right? Okay, they had a vote. It's going to happen now. Zero Republicans voted for it in the House. This should tell you something. And what it tells me is... Uh, anyone who's been hoping that maybe he will be convicted in the Senate by Republicans, that's not going to happen. He's not going to get convicted. I'm getting that from this vote. I always thought we got Trump backwards, that he was a novice politician, but a great businessman. He was actually a horrible businessman who lost all the money he borrowed from his father. (laughs) But genius politician. And what he got was the Electoral College. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Arizona. Those are the states that is going to decide this election. (sighs) Impeachment, 53% oppose in those states. It's a loser where this election is going to be decided. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm just throwing out that to get your opinion on that. The the reason it's not a loser is because once it starts happening, it becomes (laughs) educational. People learn how he has abused the public trust, how he has violated separation of powers, all of those things. You think? With the Nixon impeachment... There, there are fewer people who are supportive of Nixon's impeachment as he was being impeached than people who support the Trump But that's assuming now. that we're living in 1974 and people have three television channels and they're going to be watching the hearings. And I don't think we live in that world anymore. And that's why it started increasing for Nixon as soon as the hearings started. That People were for impeachment as soon as the hearings started. That will happen I, I get because now. they watched it on TV and I don't think they might do the, that, the timing, who aren't already watching. The timing is important here, right? Think about how important the timing was when Mitch McConnell said, we are not going to pass a Supreme Court justice before Obama leaves office, right? right? It's the almost same scenario, very different topic, where Nancy Pelosi's literal moves about when this happens, it happens in the House, Mitch McConnell closes it in 10 seconds, and then what? Trump will go out campaigning and say, totally exonerated, everything's cool. We saw it happen before. That's something that he can campaign on. Now, I am with you in that it will have enormous interest. We know that the interest in politics alone has just dramatically increased over the years, especially with the Trump presidency, but it all depends on where you're getting your facts. Right, and we don't get them from the same place. So I have a a slightly dissenting view. I know. As as you're shocked to learn. the the Democrats never accepted. I think I think we can, most of us can agree on this. Democrats did not accept the fact that he defeated Hillary Clinton. Yes, so, they did. Uh, no, they. Well, I'll prove it. They just pointed out that it was in the electoral. That's co- correct. That's called winning. It, and no one da- no one of, said it wasn't on yeah, the yes, list. Yes, so they have not accepted it. I didn't say they didn't accept it legally. I, I don't they accept didn't that. Accept it emotionally. You're wrong about that. We accepted no, no, it. We okay. call him President Trump. Right. No. 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 
They, your side wouldn't accept it. No, no, no. He doesn't accept right. losing. Then how come there is such a massive movement on the part of the Democratic Party to eliminate the Electoral College? Because they don't want okay. this to happen. They okay. regret it ever happened. Then they tried to get rid of him through the Russia collusion well, thing. Uh, the Russia collusion, collusion thing didn't turn out to be anything. Well, it so did. Now, now, yeah. No, That's no, no. A lie. Okay. You, okay. Let's I'm, talk about what I'm happened. Totally this. okay right, to be booed. Okay. But I just I know. want... I just, and I appreciate yeah, that. I and, and, and it's not over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let me turn to this week. You know, we're getting into uh, lots of other... Trump says, defend me on substance. This is what he's saying to the Republicans. You're talking about process so far. This is from Trump. Defend me on substance. I say bring that on. Let's have this talk about substance, this idea that Congress appropriates money to give to an ally to defend itself. And then the president can get on the phone and say, no, you can't have this Congress-appropriated money unless you do me a personal political favor. Are we all agreeing that that's okay, not just for him, but in the future, that future presidents can do this? Is this okay? Can you defend him on that? Our disagreement is not on whether it would be okay in the future. It's whether it actually happened in the past. What? There is... The the president... uh, Unless you think the president of Ukraine is lying as well on behalf of Trump... Yes. He denies that there was any quid pro quo. He's a desperate man. There was no quid pro quo that the Ukrainians were aware Okay, have you seen the testimony of all the people who've come so far? Yeah. They've all said quid pro quo. This is what happened. And they've also moved forward because it started to get repetitive because so many people were confirming what actually is the accusation. This is what... This is what we have... You're making talking points from three weeks ago. Now we've had Bill Taylor. This guy, you saw that. Yeah. Vindeman, he was listening to the call. This guy, Tony Morrison, today, they all said, yes, he did this. This is not a... No, no, and by yeah, the way, no, it's, th- okay. it's not even a quid pro quo. It's right. extortion. He basically said, unless you... <laughs> unless you right. and, and you know what? I, I was, in, right. I was in, in, in the State Department. We used to do quid pro quos, too. And the quid pro quo was, in exchange for you tre- treating people better, for you demonstrating human rights, for having rule of law, then we will help you. That's the kind of quid pro quo America has always done. Not... Not, not, unless you help me, you'll get the money that Congress appropriates. All right, look, we all heard the exact same callus, or at least saw the same transcript. I did not see a quid pro quo, and, and, and I don't know how you did. You can say it is implied, you could say that they it's inferred in it. It's in the transcript. It's not in the transcript. Okay, Read the transcript. This is, this is sad. And by the way, oh, no, no, it is sad. In the trans- by the way, this... It's sad that we it, can't even that's agree correct. when it's in black and no, white. No, no, it's sad that we can't agree on what reality is. Exactly. And the hatred of Trump is so great. It's not that. I think it distorts people's perception of reality. Dennis, I, what about, I think the love is you, what is how, distorting. How many people in this audience truly believe Russia undermined our democracy? Uh, right? that's, that's my point. That is, that yes, is because a he, because they, they did. They did nothing essential, nothing. But, okay, they can't okay, undermine uh, our okay. democracy. It, it's a what? way too strong democracy. They took out ads in Facebook. That undermined our democracy? Do you understand how pathetic we sound? That's pathetic. Okay. We're not a pathetic country. Well, Hello? They did, Hello? They did more than that. That's all they we'll did. See, uh, yeah, so okay. what do you call it, Dennis, when a political candidate, i.e. Donald Trump, asks for help from a hostile foreign power and then that foreign power gives that help. Isn't that collusion? What are you, what are you referring to? 
the Internet Research Agency? Oh, the, okay, the Internet I mean, Research we, Agency. We, okay. The, the, okay. I, yes. dealt, right. I dealt right. with all of this disinformation right. at the State Department. So, it was a tsunami but, of disinformation could, that they I, put let out. Let me ask a different okay. question, because right. yeah. that's going to get in the weeds. When you see people like this Bill Taylor... Right. Okay, this is the deep state, which really means people with resumes who know something. <laughs> people who've been in public service for decades. This Vindeman, who is, was a... He came here when he was three, Ukrainian, served this country, Purple Heart in Iraq, Harvard. When you, call, when you see people like this, and he's done it before, to Brennan and, and to Clapper, these people, these lifelong public servants, by the way, mostly conservatives, because that's who gets those kind of well, jobs Brennan, and does that kind of for job. For the record, yeah. Brennan, Brennan had voted communist in his earlier years. God. Just for the record. He is I, not a conservative, please. I, let's, let's return to Earth. Brennan is as far left as ever served in his role uh, in, the, in the United I, States this intelligence. This is the first I've heard. He's a liberal. Oh, really? It is? Okay. He's I, a communist? He was. He was. I'm not saying he is. I said he was. I, I, don't, even and, remember, and, I don't even remember when okay. they were on the ballot. All right. Yeah. Quite so, frankly. <laughs> but, uh, what, what election was that? Was that... No, 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 uh, he was... <laughs> oh, yeah. Clinton okay. and Ross Perot. This, right. Well, and... and hey, uh, I, uh, Mao. Uh, okay, so... But here's right. the, the, those deep Wait. state people, Wait. what we're talking about, remember before the 2016 election, there was a letter that came out from national security officials saying they were so alarmed by Trump as a person, they felt that he was going to be a dangerous president and that he would put the right. nation's national security at risk. That's a big deal, and that's a lot of these people. And then a lot of them went to work for him anyway because they put good of. But what do you what do you think about God. these people being trashed? These patriots, these right. These, so the, about, this is, I'll tell you okay, how. I, let's okay. take the communists right. out of the I'll equation. The Some of these yes. other ones. What, this, what, is what I, this is what scum I. Scum. Right, right. And they're not I don't, patriotic. I'm totally opposed to them calling them wow. scum. Wow, great. We okay. can agree just, on that. Yes, we do. Absolutely. What a place to start. Okay, so... Lifelong public servants shouldn't be called scum. Right. Thank you, sir. Right. No, no, no. No, no. That's... Absolutely. No, I have a different... No, no, no. I have a different take. There, no, one would, no one would deny that there are scummy people anywhere in the world, but a president of the United States should not use that language with regard to political foes. But Vindeman... So I, I, you can't okay, say fine. Vindeman isn't all, scum. All right. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, we're in agreement, so let's right. not differ where okay. we agree. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. But, I, but this is my take. I believe these people so loathe Donald Trump so deeply loathe him yes. that they have they have worked out I, in their mind, yeah. and I understand this. I, it's, he it's is so, so evil. It's so wrong what okay. you're saying. Okay. Oh, they, they don't, think, gonna, he's, wait, they don't defi- think he's evil. Yes, they because he does shit like this. Here's what they do. It's not like we made it up. Here's what they do, Dennis. Evil. You they think he's a fascist? Well, I think he wants to they, be. Yes. These are people. Of course. Okay. So the, okay. the, the, the number of things he's done that are yes. exactly what third world fascist leaders right. do, like talk about locking people up who are your political opponents, that's not fascist? And here's no, what the, well, the lock them up. No, no, no. Okay. Encouraging yes. to lock no. up your political uh, opponents. I Did he lock them up? Or is it his usual hyperbole? But it's, I mean, that's okay. That's okay oh, for an on, American folks. president. Okay. No, but, it is not. I agree with you. His, okay, I don't great. like his verbiage. But he's not his a verbiage. fascist. And what's going to happen is if so there are we'll real see. fascists in America, you will have cried wolf. What's so wrong, Dennis, with your assumption about these yeah. people is the deep state. I worked in the deep state for three years. The deep state is a, a composed of people who deeply believe in the state, who take an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution. That's what those people are doing. And they're, and they're doing it at 
at great risk to, their, to themselves, to their livelihoods, to their careers, because they care about that, and they will not betray the public trust, unlike the President of the United States, right. who betrays I it every day. I am curious. Do you feel, do you believe... Okay. One quick question. Yes, please. Do you, do you believe that Hillary Clinton, with her server, and... and, and... See, this is mind-blowing. Good. Look, this okay. is good right. that people, okay. uh, people right. react that way, because I, okay. I love clarity. All right. You don't okay. believe that she betrayed the public trust, the Secretary can of I, State? Can I tell you something? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, uh, I answered his question. Okay. Please answer mine. Do you believe she betrayed the public trust? No, I do not. Okay, fine. And every other okay. Secretary of State used a private she, she, email right. address And erased 30,000 well. files. Okay, but they... they and got, they, and, they and, and their hey, husband Dennis, got $500,000 of speech while she was Secretary of State. Dennis, again, your talking points are too weeks late. No, 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 no. No, it was, it was a news They just they came out two weeks ago. Yeah, that they was. looked at it again. The Justice Department looked yeah. at it again. They found they exonerated her as Comey did. Now, she did lie about it. I'll give you that one. She did lie. But, no, were they actually something that was threatening to the Republic? They weren't. And but I, I must move on. Excuse okay. me. I'm so sorry. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. But we got Ronan Farrow over here. and <laughs> anxious to get him out. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning writer for the New Yorker magazine whose latest book is Catch and Kill, Lies, Spies, and a Conspiracy to Pro Protect Predators. Ronan Farrow! <laughs> It's a shame you're on a night. We're here on a night when we're so calm. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I was glad but, to miss yeah. out on some of that. Yes. Okay. So let's get to your topic, which is uh, now, the, the, the subtitle of your book: Conspiracy mm. to Protect Predators. When you use the word conspiracy, it implies something very widespread. Now, it's about NBC, but do we take that to mean something more widespread? It's about more than NBC. There is a significant body of carefully fact-checked reporting about NBC, but it's about AMI, the publisher of the National Enquirer. Right. And there's a lot of new reporting in here about some of the extreme tactics they use to bury stories for Donald Trump. The vault. The vault. I'm You've the first seen reporter the, to see the list of the contents now, of the vault. why would they let you, the, <laughs> of all the people in the world, the mayor of Me Too... It, <laughs> Well, Why would they let you see that list? This is the clear, list of things they had on Donald Trump that they've destroyed now? So, so it was a list entitled something to the effect of killed stories about Donald Trump. Killed story. That's it, catch and kill. It, exactly, which That's, is this practice of right. tabloid outlets acquiring okay. stories for powerful people not to publish them, but to bury right. them. It was made during the election, and one of the pivotal revelations in this book is that before the election, there was a shredding party, and some of the contents of this list mm. went missing. What's on the list? So, what did they shred? As with so many stories about the Inquirer, they were burying stories that were true, like the Karen McDougal affair, which is one story I reported on. They were right. burying some stories that were maybe dubious, like this story about a Trump love child that I reported on, which we've talked about on air before. How could he not? He never <laughs> used protection. <laughs> How could he not have loved children? Well, but also, who cares, right? It could be true, it could not be true. But, but what is newsworthy is that the Inquirer paid a significant sum to bury that story during the election. That is a potential violation of election law. There was later an agreement signed between the Inquirer and prosecutors where they admitted, we did this and maybe it's a crime. So it is consequential that they destroyed things. The contents of the list, like that love child story, seem less consequential. Now, it may not encompass the full universe of everything they ever had on Trump, but as far as the list reflected, it was about five affairs. Uh, it was 60 items all told. There was one allegation of misconduct, which was the Jill Hearth case, 
which later become, became public. So What's I want to be that? clear. This was, it was related to his work with beauty pageants, and oh. there's a long history on that allegation. Yes, there's some yeah. credibility to it. But well. the point is, these are claims that became... <laughs> Yeah. public, ultimately. Okay, so... But now, the burying of them is the thing, and right. these are systems of burying things for powerful people right. that extend across... Right, and it across. has a lot of credibility, because certainly your story about NBC and Harvey Weinstein, that's the template. And if that happened there, obviously it could happen elsewhere. And, and I mean, this is the crux of your book. You had this story on Harvey Weinstein. NBC buried it. You say... Not for good reasons, because they were protecting Matt Lauer, really, right? Matt Lauer was a cash cow. I've never watched morning television. I don't know why one guy sitting next to one woman makes a difference in the ratings, but for some reason, Matt Lauer had the magic beans in him. And so it's a, it's a lot if the of ratings are three points still. higher on NBC than CBS, then that equals $8 million more dollars for, you know, that's... So they had to protect Matt Lauer, isn't well, You're that? very chill about this, Bill, but it is a big deal for these networks. And, and yes... The... <laughs> Money's a big deal, Money's yeah. a big deal, and, and that is the theme that runs through these vast circles of mutual protection right. amongst powerful people. Money is a big deal, greed is a big deal, and protecting these sacred cow cash earners is a big deal. And in this case... Uh, you know, as I was digging on Harvey Weinstein, and there's a whole saga of I'm getting chased by private spies, and Harvey Weinstein is employing all of these extreme tactics to try to stop the reporting on this story. Uh, The the media also colluded with him and other powerful people at times to make sure that the truth didn't see the light of day. In the case of NBC, the reporting is very careful in there, and their denials of this are in there, but uh, certainly they have now admitted that there were many, many secret calls between Harvey Weinstein and executives, and I document how in those calls there were promises made to kill the story. Now, Matt Lauer broke his silence. He said, you know, it's over. I'm not going to be quiet anymore. Enough's enough. My kids are giving me permission to do it. He's been accused of rape in the book. He says, that's too far. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? Like every other serious allegation in the book, his thinking is reflected in there, and the idea that he really believed this to be consensual is in there, and you can judge the facts on your own, anyone who's reading the book. What this young journalist who alleges rape says is that she was too drunk to consent, and she said no to a specific sex act that he then proceeded with. So for her, it is very cut and dry. And he talks about the fact that they had ongoing sexual contact, which she freely admits, uh... She describes that as she's a terrified young employee of a company right. with the most powerful man at that company. Which and happens. She's reticent, yeah. and it happens a lot, as yes. you say. It's a complex situation. It, it is a complex situation following an assault that she says was not at all complex. And again, people can look at the careful rendering of those facts and decide. Now, what do you think your father would say about what you're doing now? Meaning... Uh, if he were alive. <laughs> no. You see, I, I, I knew I was walking into that, so I asked... <laughs> I didn't want I mean, to give you the soundbite of which one, <laughs> because, but you wanted it. You wanted it so badly, though. Well, just because I, I feel like there was nobody who was less Me Too-y than Frank Sinatra. We're, we're now, I, I mean, think, you three know, for three on times I've been on the show and you've mentioned <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a funny moment in the book, actually, where I'm, I'm pursuing Well, you do this. own a mirror, don't you? <laughs> When I was pursuing the story about this alleged Trump love child, you know, I had to go to this family and, out of respect, say, look, the story is about the transaction. It's not about the underlying rumor. But I do want to get your comment in case there's something that you want to add to this. And I wind up talking to the the man who raised this young woman. And, um, you know, he says it's not true in his view and so forth, which I reflected in the reporting. But uh, there's also a funny moment where I say, look, I I understand what it's like to be besieged by the tablets. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're a pharaoh. (laughs) 
<laughs> gives me just this pitying look. Uh, so yes, uh, what would what would Frank Sinatra say about this? Uh, That's what it's you want to know about. Yes, about the whole Me Too. I don't, I don't know. How okay. Am I know right. right. Look, I'm just I, saying. I would like to think. His doorbell that... said, "If you don't if you don't swing, don't ring." I, 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 I'm just saying. I, I don't know. If you could ask my mom or other people. Who right. Do, okay. Do Frank, but so, I would say my hope is that people with basic ethics in whatever era, despite the complicated gray areas of this conversation, would agree that the cut-and-dry criminal allegations we're talking about, about Harvey Weinstein and others, were always contrary to moral standards. Okay. So I want to ask about Katie Hill. I want to ask you. I want to ask everybody here. Because all over TV, I heard today, you know, she resigned yesterday, I think, and a lot of people were saying, this is not fair. Men have done far worse, which they certainly have. She shouldn't have resigned. Then why did she? Then don't. Isn't it her agency to have not resigned? Why did Democrats always resign and Republicans never do? I think she could have survived this. I don't think she did anything that horrible. I'm with you. I I think she should have stayed in Congress. It's a personal choice, right? We do have two Republicans who did resign in actually kind of similar circumstances. Joe Barton of Texas had this kind of yucky, nude picture of him out there, Republican. And also Chris Lee, you might remember the Craigslist congressman. Shirtless picture, soliciting, right. lying about sure. who he was. Um, and they, it's very interesting that they stepped down because so many other people in Congress, we know, you know, I was the editor of a newspaper that covered Congress. There are lots of people that are doing inappropriate things with campaign staff. We don't know that Hill was doing that. She has denied that. She's been real clear about that right. allegation. So why not stick with it and, and fight them? I don't, I don't really understand that. And there's this discussion about is it a generational thing? Um, you know, you're letting pictures be taken when you're young or whatever. We've all made dumb mistakes in our lives, and that is something that well, yeah, I don't well, want a perfect generation of politicians who've never done anything wrong. But what is it with you millennials and having to take pictures <laughs> of every fucking thing? But, but this is an important well, I, point. Please tell me. We are entering a new generation of leadership where everyone is going to have this kind of a trail right. of pictures. Everyone sure. has a phone. And, uh, look, I haven't reported on this specific case. Obviously, there's fact-finding to be done about was she having serial inappropriate relationships in the office. I can't comment on any of that. What I will say is that there's a separate issue raised here, which is slut-shaming based on these kinds of sexts right. needs to be something we all object to. Whatever the merits of the conversation about Absolutely. her being removed from leadership... The photos of her naked should not be a part of that conversation. It is not relevant. Slut shaming should not even be a concept. Right. Uh, uh, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, look at what is a slut is someone who's having more sex than you are. You're That's what a slut is. So what is. What has no. happened to you, Bill? <laughs> That's not woke. I've always been that way. I mean, a slut is someone who likes sex and wants to start the sex early in the relationship. I have always been for that. <laughs> I am. Cons- check my record. Check my record. Right. I have been adults taking these kinds of photos is not something we should ever publish or engage in shaming about. Could Bill Clinton, if he was, had done what he did in 1998, survive today, or would his own party have thrown him under the bus? I think that these issues have totally gone the wayside now, right? Look at Trump. All of whether you... But they haven't for the Democrats. But, I mean, th- these are all choices. I mean, I know you and Senator right. Franken are friends, right? That was a choice of his. A bad one. Step but down. To, and to your point, though, Democrats understand that resignation is a moral issue, that, which Republicans don't understand. There should have been dozens and dozens of people in but the no White House cares. resigning. But, but she resigned doesn't... because she felt she had transgressed some ethical line, that she wasn't effective as a legislator. 
resignation throughout American history has been a symbol of protest and for, for something that you're against. And I think she does it for, for an honorable reason. She's not doing it because she should. Has, has any Democrat who has been nominated uh, to the Supreme Court been humiliated and smeared like Brett Kavanaugh was? Well, let me put Bill Clinton on I would like I would like an answer to the question. Is there any parallel to the smearing of one of the most decent men to be appointed? Well, I, okay, okay. Oh, so you, know you don't no, think no, no, he's no. decent? Well, well, I don't, I don't, well, yeah, wait a second. Let me say something yeah. on your behalf. Right. Thank yes, you. Yes, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said she thought he was decent, and she liked him. Right. That's okay. right. Okay. And I have said, I, I don't like Brett Kavanaugh as a justice. I think he's miserable but, and horrible. Okay, and, that's right. a separate issue. But I agree. That to, to, go, to jump right to that that was a sexual assault, case closed, In we don't school. know that. In high school. We don't know that. Maybe it was, and maybe it was just two idiots in high school trying to scare someone. That happened a Important lot. Important to know, you're conflating there's multiple allegations. The two Times reporters just spent a year reporting out the Ramirez allegation and said that they found that credible, too. That's and one of them wasn't. That's one of them was made up. Then there was a wider circus happening. Okay. Okay. You believe Ramirez? We put out careful reporting on Ramirez, and I absolutely think that that is You always want to go back into the past, and I'm trying to keep it this week. No, no, no. No, no. Okay. So you were saying that Republicans are not picked up. Okay. And I asked, is there any Democratic parallel to what was done to Brett Well, to your point, I think that it's actually very important to interject. Bill Clinton is a different conversation. He has been credibly accused of rape. That is nothing to do with gray areas. That is, you know, I think the Juanita Broderick claim has been overdue for... But that's not what he was impeached for. Sure. But the conversation now, the question was, would Bill Clinton have escaped scrutiny now? For, I think no, no. has changed. I think just people don't for what he did, I just think the it Democrats was for what would he have did. said... He was impeached for lying under oath. I'm not, I was not a, for his being impeached, for the record, but I do want to say he was not impeached for the affair. I said at the time, I was on radio at that time right. as well, I said, I don't understand why this is a big deal. All he has to say is, yes, I sinned, it would have been over. Okay. The American people, even then, and including Republicans... I am one of them, would have said, exactly, people sin, let's move on. Okay. I'm heartened by the fact that people now routinely express outrage about Bill Clinton, and particularly those more serious allegations about him. Okay, can I read a final quote from today before we run out of time? Uh, Louis Gohmert, Republican from Hee Haw. Listen to this, because this is where we're headed, and it's frightening. He said this yesterday. If we're going to have what they're trying to legalize as a coup, of course, he's talking about impeachment, we ought to have a right to see each of those witnesses. Yeah, you do now. He missed that. Again, you seem to miss things. It's about to push this country to a civil war if they were to get their wishes. And there's one thing I don't want to see in my lifetime I don't want to ever have participation in. It's a civil war. Yeah, reenactments are fun, but not the... (laughs) He said, some historians said guns are only involved in the last phase of a civil war. How are we going to come back from this place where we hate each other so much that this talk is happening now? We're like... It's like a prison yard. You're either with the Aryan nation or the Black Brotherhood. This country is going to be in a cival war. He may be right. That the guns are the last phase of it, and we are now living in the first phase it's, of it. It's colossally irresponsible to liken it to a civil war, in part because it's a dog whistle for people who 
recourse to talking about the Second Amendment and, and the use of guns well, in, this, in this kind of context. I think one of the things the Democrats can do is to try to settle it down and say, look, this is a judicial procedure. There are reasons that we're doing this. It's not about us against them. It's about a president betraying the people that, that support him. So uh, to talk yeah. about a civil war is, is, is really irresponsible and, and dangerous speech. Well, and, and think about the what's next, right? Those types of framing of what's happening right now just pushes people into different corners, right? Instead of if people care about the climate or gun policy or something else, they need to get to work. And you know where they need to get to work? They need to get to work in places like Colorado and Maine and Arizona and think about that Senate and whatever's going to happen. And that's where when you hear that language and you care about the country, yes. whichever this, direction you want it to go this in, This is why I've been saying for three active. years that he's not leaving if he loses the election. Do you think he will voluntarily leave if he loses the election? I have no doubt. And, and among okay. the reasons that I we'll have see. no doubt is that I don't know a single conservative, and I'm very involved in that world, not a single conservative would allow him to stay in office. Uh. We believe... <laughs> name, name one. Name one. I, I, name, name all of them. They, they, okay, as one. soon as he starts... I'm a pretty prominent okay. conservative. As as I have a billion starts, views on my website, on PragerU, uh, and I will tell you... Uh, that we would find it intolerable for a Republican as much as a Democrat He's gonna to say reject an election it was result. Rigged. He could say whatever he likes. Oh. We would not have supporters. Well, that will be a first. Anyway, okay. thank you, panel. It's time for New Rules. Okay. New Rule, always look your best. You never know when unexpected guests will drop in. Just because you're on jihad, it's no reason not to touch up your roots. <laughs> New rule, when I text you the thumbs up, that means I'm done talking to you. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean this conversation's great, let's keep it going. Think of the thumbs up as the fake orgasm of texting. <laughs> it's meant to be kind, but what it really means is I'm bored and ready for this to be over. New rule, the Me Too movement has to do something about the time Darth Vader choked that guy in the workplace. <laughs> I know it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and he's not actually touching him, but tell that to Al Franken. <laughs> not touching that one, though. Not touching it. New rule, everyone has to stop saying, Yes, Queen! Like all other slang, it started with black gays, got picked up by white gays, then by real housewives, then straight white girls, then straight white guys, then high school kids in Indiana, and now your homophobic grandma says it when she wins at bingo. <laughs> Let it go. I'm not throwing shade, I just needed to spill some tea. New rule... New rule, the hospital chart has to add a new face for pain, and it has to be the one Trump made when he was booed at the World Series. I think that's funny. Okay. I do. Thank you. <laughs> See? We'll start there. Yeah. And finally, new rule, never forget that the man who promised we would win so much that we'd get tired of winning just lost an entire country. 
Forget for a moment the ethnic cleansing and the double-crossing of an ally, and let's just focus tonight on the long-held Republican obsession with just not losing. Because that used to be kind of a big thing. You couldn't lose a country. The John Birch Society was named after a missionary who was the first casualty when we lost China. FDR was vilified because he lost Eastern Europe. Truman lost Korea. Obama lost Libya. And Hillary, of course, lost Wisconsin. <laughs> but... That was it. America didn't lose countries. And then a few weeks ago, Vladimir Putin had a birthday, and as a present, Trump gave him Syria. Which is fair, since in 2016, Trump gave... Putin gave Trump America. <laughs> but... But again, I seem to vaguely remember when Republicans were against gifting countries to the Russians. But then I also remember when they were against tariffs, deficits, and adultery. <laughs> I even remember when the Republicans used to like the FBI. Simpler times. <laughs> Did you know Eisenhower was against Nazis? It's true. <laughs> we like to talk in America about presidents having doctrines in foreign policy. JFK was pretty clear about his doctrine in 1961. He said, we shall pay any price, bear any burden meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe in order to assure the success of liberty. And now we know the Trump doctrine. I wish them all a lot of luck. If Russia wants to get involved with, the, uh, with Syria, that's really up to them. Well, <laughs> that's one way to work with the Kremlin, but you really wouldn't call it containment. This is how Republicans contest whether your devotion to Trump has passed into the realm of the irrational. If Trump hands Syria over to Russia and Iran, two nations you've spent the last 50 years calling evil, and you're suddenly good with it, well, the results are in, and I'm sorry, you've tested positive for cult. Because... Because since the end of World War II... The Republican Party has been pretty consistent about one message, that we're the national security tough guys. These colors don't run. And then Trump ran from Syria like he owed it money. <laughs> we fought side by side with two million Kurds, and then one morning Trump tells them, lose my number. <laughs> Complete with the walk of shame footage. Do you see that? We left Syria barefoot in a torn dress pelted with rotten potatoes by the betrayed locals. If Obama did this, the headline on Fox News would be Muslim to fellow Muslims. Here, have some more caliphate. <laughs> Obama took a lot of heat for how he handled Syria. He didn't enforce the red line. He was leading from behind. He backed the wrong militia. But he didn't just flat-out lose it. You'd think that would be at least as big a deal to Trey Gowdy as the consulate in Benghazi. Louis Gohmert couldn't tell Benghazi from Ben Gay. 
But when Democrats lost it, Republicans reacted like the Japanese bombed Graceland. They held... They held six investigations that dragged on for three years. Fox News did over a thousand stories suggesting that Hillary either fucked it up, covered it up, ordered it, or killed our troops personally by hand. When Obama wanted to release a small number of Guantanamo Bay prisoners, Republicans went peak chicken little. Even the prisoners we tortured so much that they could only babble incoherently like Giuliani on Fox News. (laughs) We couldn't send them back. But when hundreds of ISIS prisoners get out, Trump says, well, they'll be escaping to Europe. Yeah, fuck Europe. It's not like they're our allies or anything. (laughs) Democrats, you can't make more of an issue out of this? Jeez, the divide between what is okay for Republicans to do versus what is okay for Democrats, it's just so out of hand now. There's always this double standard. Republicans can lose countries. Democrats can't. Democrats have to say how how they're going to pay for stuff. Republicans just put it on the card. A Republican could pay hush money to a porn star or run for Senate in Alabama as an accused child molester, but a Democrat can't get caught with a woman, even if she is a woman. (laughs) All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Hope Center in Eugene, Oregon, January 26th, and at the Belt Theater in Charlotte, North Carolina, February 15th. I want to thank Richard Stengel, Christina Bellantoni, Dennis Prager, Ronan Farrow, and Dr. Jay Gordon. Stay tuned for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10. Or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.